It's a Caps Fan Friday next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms, including the SiriusXM app and on YouTube. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen each and every day. My name is Dan Holman. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at Locked On Caps. And the best way that you guys can help the show is to go over to YouTube, type in Locked On Capitals, and hit that subscribe button. Well, it is a Caps Fan Friday. And in today's episode, I have three great guests as we talk about the most recent comments with Evgeny Kuznetsov. We'll talk about the signings of Max Pacioretty and Joel Edmondson and what is the outlook for the Capitals. And then we will also talk about the Capitals at the draft. But to start it off here, I am happy to have Chris Alley on the show. Chris, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, Dan. So the biggest news, I guess, as of late, it is the offseason, so there's not a lot of news, is the comments that Evgeny Kuznetsov made, according to Mike Vogel, that he did, in fact, want out of D.C. Uh, The thing for me to consider, he was a first-round draft pick. The Caps always said we need a strong second-line center. He was third in goals, the top third in goals, uh, two seasons ago. What, in your opinion, do you think the Capitals should do with Kuznetsov? Well, I think Kuznetsov is a... He's a challenge because recently it just came out. It was confirmed by the GM that uh, he does one out and they are actively shopping him around. The problem is, is that his cap hit is going to limit it where he can go. And honestly, with Carberry, I, I wish the talks had cooled down with Carberry coming in because maybe a younger coach would be able to relate better with Kuznetsov. But if they're still trying to trade him actively now, it kind of, to me, tells me that it's not necessarily a coaching issue. It might be an organizational issue. So, you know, I don't think they're going to be able to unload him. I think that's the problem with the, the cap only going up one, one million this year, moving $7 million plus in cap space is going to be a challenge because what are the sweeteners going to be? What are we willing to give up for somebody to take them? And I think that's the problem. Now, that being said, we need the cap space because right now we only have 19 or 20 players rostered and we only got about $90,000 left. So that doesn't go too far when you need three more rostered players. I think me personally, I think they're going to try and keep Kuznetsov probably until the trade deadline. And then I think that's when they could probably get the most for him then because then he'd only have basically a year plus left on his contract and it's easier for teams to absorb it then 
Yeah, that's the tough thing with Kuzi. He's such a hot and cold player. Like I say, just two seasons ago, it was Tom Wilson, Ovechkin, and we're in the top three with Kuznetsov there. So it is a difficult position to be in. So in day one of free agency, uh, they signed Joel Edmondson and Max Pacioretty. Six times in Max Pacioretty's career, he has scored 30 goals. Uh, Joel Edmondson is that tough, rugged defender that they got on the cheap because uh, uh, the uh, Habs were retained 50% of his salary. How do you feel the Capitals are now after free agency with the additions of Max Pacioretty and Joel Edmondson? So starting with Pacioretty, I think Pacioretty, he has the track record. He has the goal scoring ability. Um, so that's good. The, the bad is that he's 35 years old. He's coming off of an injury off of his Achilles that he's injured twice. So I think that's an issue. Now, the cap hit is $2 million, but the concern I have is if he makes more than 20 games, that he gets another $2 million in bonuses, and that is hit against next year's cap. So we're kind of handcuffing ourselves already next year by signing him. He, he could be a positive. He could be a great. He could be a great signing, but at the same time, I'm also one of those guys like, what about these young guys? We got some young guys in there who were chomping at the bit that we could brought up three of them for the price of what Pacioretty would have been. So I think it would have helped our – I understand the thinking, but I think organizational-wise, getting the experience and giving the guys the opportunities down in Hershey, I think it would have been better, in my opinion, not to sign Pacioretty. As for Edmonton, uh, Edmondson – I get it. You need an old guy on the on the left on the left D. He so he's the OG. Everybody else on the on that side is 23 years old. He gives you a little bit of size. He gives you grit. He's 30 years old. Again, I could go either way with him. The good thing is, I think having Montreal eat half his salary was good. The bad part about it is, I really was hoping to see Alexia more on the ice. So. If he's more of a 70 and they bring him in maybe against certain teams and play teams and roster spots according to the type of game they want to play that time, I can see it working. Yeah, I kind of share your thought there, too, as I was really looking for it to be Alexi of season. And I guess maybe that could be a motivation for him to play uh, that much better. Uh, so being that you're talking about some of the younger players here, Connor McMichael, every year we hear it is going to be the year for Connor McMichael. And every year he plays a few games, he goes up to the press box and he gets sent down to Hershey. There seems to be a mandate this season for the Caps to get younger and faster. And Spencer Carberry is going to bring him along with him. Is this going to be the season for Connor McMichael? Yeah, I really think this is McMichael's make or break season with the Caps. If he doesn't perform, um, I think he'll be part of the trade bait come trade deadlines or a sweetener for some other trade coming up. Uh, it's tough for him because Obviously, he wants to play center, but when you have Strom, Kuznetsov, Backstrom, and, and Dowd down the middle, it's hard to find him the spot to, to play that time. Now, could you move somebody out? Possibly. It's Kuznetsov. Could Backstrom go to LTIR? Possibly. Could Strom, who has a history when he was with the Blackhawks playing wing, could you put Strom on wing and put McMichael as, as a pivot? That could be there. But – 
I think this is the make or break year, and I think he's in a good situation because Carberry knows him. So he knows what he can do. He knows what buttons to push. So I think this is the year for McMichael. I'm really hoping so because, you know, what we saw with him down in Hershey and what he did in the Calder Cup push, I think it all looks positive. And sooner or later, we're going to have to integrate these players. The other big news, of course, is the draft and the Capitals selecting Leonard and Kristal uh, just uh, on the top there. What were your thoughts and your reactions to the draft? Were you disappointed uh, that they didn't get Mishkov on the team? What, what Weigh in on the draft. I think Mishkov was going to be a stretch either way. He, he There was just too much talent there. And there were enough teams above that had the chance to wait for him to come over from the KHL that it would have been a stretch for us to get him. Now, that being said, we got Leonard. Uh, you can you can go back and look on Twitter. Like, if we weren't getting Mitch Goff, I was all in on Leonard. Uh, he's the type of player that we want. He's a grinder. He's not scared of throwing hits. He's not scared of being uh, hitting. We all saw during rookie camp, he has an electric shot. So... He is definitely a player that we're going to look to in the future. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him come up after BC is done for the season for him to play a couple couple games in the NHL. So, I mean, some tough questions that lie ahead. And briefly here, uh, I want you to look into your crystal ball and look into the future. If this Capitals team, as is right now, was to go on the ice, are they contenders in the Metropolitan Division? And do you see them making it to the playoffs? So, if the team is healthy, they have a shot. If they aren't healthy or they have a mixture, I don't see it. I think it's, I even if they are healthy, I think it's going to be a long shot just for the pure fact that you put the teams out all out on paper with everybody, with all the movement within the Metro and in within the Eastern Conference. I can't think of a team that they passed. You know, so many other signings, Pacioretty and Edmondson didn't get us to pass the Islanders. They didn't pass, help us pass New York. I mean, New Jersey, they didn't help us pass, you know, Boston's a wild card, you know, maybe they did pass them. It's a possibility or they'd be on par just because uh, Bergeron and, and uh, Krejci aren't coming back as of right now. So, but if they come back, you got to expect those guys to light it up again to at least make the playoffs. I'm not, they're never going to make that season they had last year, but they'll definitely be a playoff game. So I find it, I think it's going to be a challenge. Carberry is going to have a challenging season, but I don't think he has as much pressure on him because he wasn't signed for a three-year contract. He was signed for four years, which tells me that the management isn't expect him to work miracles in his first year. Yeah, so some tough questions lie ahead. I'm hoping for the best. The one thing I know is if I look to the future, the future is bright. Listen, Chris, I want to thank you for joining us on this edition of Caps Fan Friday on Locked On Capitals. All right, so coming up after the break here, Caps Fan Friday continues as we continue to talk about the Caps during free agency and the draft and what can we expect from the Caps next season? We'll talk about that straight ahead. Our next partner here is AG1. And let me tell you, I love AG1 because nutrition is so important. Covering my nutritional basis for the day literally couldn't be easier, which is why I trust AG1. I just mix one small scoop with water and drink it first thing each morning and done. 
I also like that it costs less than $3 a day. Pretty good if you ask me. It's a really effective daily habit with high quality sourced ingredients. It is a win-win. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to drinkag1.com slash NHL network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL network. Check it out. All right. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure and subscribe or follow Locked On Capitals wherever you find your podcasts and on YouTube. I have a lot of great guests lined up for you this summer, so make sure and subscribe to Locked On Capitals today. All right, it is a Caps Fan Friday here on Locked On Capitals. And in this segment, we have Dennis all the way from Canada here. Dennis, welcome to the show. Thank you. And I thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. So just taking a look at what Brian McClellan has done this offseason. Uh, they signed Max Pacioretty, who six times in his career has scored 30 goals. And they signed Joel Edmondson. How do you feel about the state of the Capitals after those signings? I feel pretty good, honestly. I think I think McClellan did a pretty good job with what he had. Obviously, there wasn't too much too much cap space for him to work with. So I think the sign I love the signing of Patrietti personally. I think it's low risk, high reward type signing. So I think Patrietti will slot in pretty well in that top six when he is healthy, and that's that's really the only problem with this, with the signing is that he's pretty injury prone, but. I feel like he could add that secondary scoring that we desperately need right now. And yeah, and for Joel Edmondson, I thought it was a little weird at first because I thought Alexiev maybe could get a chance in the NHL this year. But now when I think about it, when I was watching Alexiev play last year, I, I don't think he really showed enough for him to stay permanently in the lineup. So I think Edmondson, Edmondson would be a good backup option if Alexiev doesn't have a good camp or doesn't show much improvement. Yeah, that was one of the things, too, that I noticed is I'm like, well, this is going to finally be the season for Alexiev, and then they signed him. I suppose Brian McClellan was looking at, you know, the blue line from last year. It faced a lot of injury. So at the end of the day, it's at least good insurance. And then the fact that Montreal is retaining 50% of his salary uh, is always good as well. So uh, taking a look at the draft, um, what were your thoughts on the draft signing Leonard or picking Leonard and Chris Stahl at number one? Uh, overall and uh, what were your thoughts on him uh so <laughs> through the draft i was kind of biting my nails uh l- listening to all the names coming and michkov was kept falling and falling and i was hoping it's like yeah we're gonna get the next ovechkin and i was like it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing and then the flyers took him and then kind of just like all my excitement went away and then uh we drafted brian leonard which is a very good consolation prize obviously I was, I was a little bummed out we couldn't get Michkov but Leonard is a great prospect he has that uh he has that dog in him if you if you say so um I I really like that pick I a lot of people are comparing him to Tom Wilson which is amazing but the more videos I watch of him he reminds me a lot like TJ Oshie I think just a little bigger TJ Oshie so if we could add another TJ Oshie that would be amazing and for Crystal 
Uh, I love that pick because he's the first round talent scouts were projecting and he just has amazing skill. And the, re the reason he fell so far from what I heard is his skating and his size, but I feel like he could improve his skating. And, you know, we see a lot of creative offensive minded players who aren't the best skaters have tremendous career in the NHL. And uh, one that comes to mind is actually Nicholas Backstrom. He was never the greatest skater in his career, but his offensive awareness and his passing is what really made him the player he is today. So I think that could potentially be one of the biggest steals of the draft for sure. And then the other issue or one of the other issues is Evgeny Kuznetsov. It was said that he wanted out of this team and he kind of refuted it. And I don't know if the capital should be so quick to part with him, just given the fact that he was drafted in the first round. And for the longest time, the capital said, we need that second line center, that second line center. Well, they got one. Um, do you think it's worth giving Kuzi another shot under Spencer Carberry? Or do you think that they should try to move Kuznetsov? I 100% agree with you. I think they should keep him around where he has two years left on his contract. So he's not in his contract year. That contract, especially after uh, his previous season, is going to be very hard to move. And I feel like if we do move him, he's just going to pop off on a different team. Like we see, we see this with Kuzi year after year. He has a really good year and then a down year. So I think he's due for a bounce back year. And I hope he can stay consistent after that, especially under a new head coach. And um, just from what he's done in the 2018 playoffs, if he could return anything close to that form, I think uh, he could be a legit superstar in the league. Yeah, I think so too. And it's just one of those things that I don't know if we should make any hasty decisions with him just because like you said, if he moves and he becomes the next star of whatever team, I think uh, the Caps would be kicking themselves over it. And then there's also Anthony Mantha who had a down season and everyone, you know, I say, who should they trade? They always say Anthony Mantha. Well, everyone else can see the back of his hockey card. They know that he's prone uh, to being hot and cold. And even though he's this big physical guy out there, he's not necessarily a physical player. Would the Caps be best served to hold on to Anthony Mantha or should they try to bundle him in a deal and ship him out of town? Yeah, kind of the same situation with Mantha. Um, uh, his value is negative right now, if anything. So, like, if we wanted to move him, we might have to add in a little sweetener, which I don't think it would be really worth it. Maybe if we could use that cap space somewhere else, but all the major free agents are already gone. So at this point, I feel like you know, you give him a shot somewhere in the middle six next year. He could either boost up his value, stay the same. And if he does stay the same, it just leaves a spot for a guy like Connor McMichael to move up in the lineup or something like that. So I feel like, you know, giving him another chance to see if he could, you know, have a better season. And if we do want to move him, it would probably be much easier at the deadline where he's on an expiring contract. And then the other big thing, and I know everyone's saying, and Brian McClellan was kind of shooting daggers at the press corps when they asked him about Tom Wilson. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? Obviously, I think that he brings a physical presence. He has a leadership quality. Uh, are you concerned about the status of Tom Wilson, or you think it's just going to happen in a matter of time? Uh, I'm not really concerned. I saw the, the, last, the last day interviews or whatever. Tom Wilson and Brian McClellan both seem to be on the same page where they want, they both want Wilson to stay in Washington long-term. So I feel like it'll, the, the signing will happen when it happens really. And um, 
yeah, I would. I love Tom Wilson, and I hope he stay. He signs a eight year extension or something like that. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for as well. You know, the thing that I'm saying about the Caps is I don't know what kind of season they're going to have next season. Uh, you know, it might be a rough season unless maybe, you know, Brian McClellan will make this really big signing that'll catch everyone by surprise. But the thing I know is this team will be good uh, in years to come. Uh, listen, Dennis, I want to thank you for joining us on this Caps Fan Friday and uh, hope to have you on the show again. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, so coming up here after the break, Caps Fan Friday continues as I talk to another great guest as we talk about the Caps during free agency, the draft, and what lies ahead. We'll talk about that straight ahead. All right, it is a Caps Fan Friday here on Locked On Capitals. In today's episode, we have Michael all the way from Sweden, Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So let's just take a look at the off-season movement so far. Uh, the Capitals signed Max Pacioretty, who at one point in his career, or six times, he has scored 30 goals. Uh, and then they signed Edmondson. Uh, the moves that have been made so far this off-season, what are your thoughts on them? And what should they do if they want to be successful going forward? I thought that it was very interesting with Pacioretty because he isn't going to uh, start the season. You know, he's going to start the season likely on uh, LTIR, I believe. Yes. Uh, and uh, Edmondson was also, I think, a pretty interesting move, given I thought Alexeyev uh, had more or less, I think, proven himself enough to earn that bottom pairing spot to start the season. Uh, but depending on uh, Edmondson's status... Who knows? Maybe he starts uh, the season as the seventh D because he also had uh, some injury hoops to uh, start the season uh, this season. And then just taking a look at it. So, you know, when we were heading into free agency here, I was hoping for something big like a Debrinket or something like that. And then the yep. time kind of went by and nothing happened. And yep. uh, now I heard an interview with uh, Mike Vogel was interviewing Brian McClellan, and he said that he still has some targets that he's going after. They haven't been signed by any teams. Uh, he didn't really divulge on who those players were. So it sounds like something is going to happen. Who do you think the Capitals should target, or are you pretty comfortable with this lineup going into next season? I certainly believe that we need to get younger. Uh, I also believe that one of the major problems that we are facing uh, in the coming season is that we have a lot of players, you know, that have a history of being injury prone. And, uh, you know, to no fault of their own. I mean, Oshie plays the kind of game that you love to see him play. You know, he goes into the corners and do does all the dirty stuff. And uh, there aren't a whole lot of players that wants to play the game uh, in such a manner. But uh, that kind of play, it also takes a toll on the body, you know. So uh, uh, he basically, you know, I, I used to joke uh, with a guy of mine uh, that he is basically made up of chopsticks and duct tape at this point. You know, you cannot expect a guy with the way he plays to play 80 games. I think uh, 60 games in a season for Oshie right now is very much what you could expect from him. Uh, Backstrom, likewise, you know, he is a wild card. We really don't know uh, what kind of impact his injury is going to have on him in the long term. Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't think penciling him, him into the lineup in any capacity is by any means a... Uh, safe bet, so to speak. We don't know if he is even going to play the entire season. I seem to remember, was it Ed Javanovsky who had a similar surgery to him and played like 30 games, something or something to that extent? 
I don't know uh, basically how much impact during a full season that such an injury will have. So if we take a look at Connor McMichael, everyone says that next year Uh is going to be the season for him. And then it's not this year, it's the next year. Uh Will next season be the season for Connor McMichael? And if so, where does he fit into the lineup and who has to come out? I honestly think that I would like to start him as a second line center and uh, rather try placing Kuznetsov on the left wing if that was possible. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm a bit of the philosophy that if you're going to play a guy like McMichael, who is, you know, a very offensive player, putting him necessarily on a line, you know, with more defensive players that don't complement him in a way that allows him to excel in uh, the offensive part of the game, you might not actually get much more development out of him offensively. Then I would rather play him with players, you know, that might potentially be able to squeeze that kind of creativity out of him. I think Kuznetsov last season here looked a bit disinterested and uh, to a large extent i think that has to do with the fact that he is playing with players that uh, in some to some extent cannot play the game uh, at his cognitive pace if that makes sense and uh, that often means that you have players that might not be able to put up the numbers that you would have had uh, should we say if he had had a de brinket playing on the wing uh, so I think most certainly that if we want to basically see what we have in McMichael, I would like to have him play in a position of strength with, you know, the right opportunity given to him. You know, you could compare playing him to Eller or something like that. And nothing to discredit Eller. I like that, Dane. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I don't think necessarily that by using Eller as uh, the marker there at center that he would be... Uh, the best person to squeeze that offense out of uh, McMichael. You basically need players that play a similar style of game for that to work. And I think generally we have tried this before with guys like Burakovsky, for example. And Burakovsky, he improved greatly when he came into a much more favorable circumstance in Colorado in the top six. And uh, he then exploded when he went to Seattle and basically got the chance at that first line. So I think, you know, some sort of way we risk seeing the same fate befalling McMichael that we would Burakovsky uh, if we don't give him a proper chance in the top six. I like the idea of basically allowing players to fail uh, on their own terms rather than essentially just throwing them out of the line after three or four games because it didn't work. You know, a workplace, sometimes you don't find chemistry with your work buddies right away. Sometimes mm-hmm. it takes some time. So, uh, I mean, so there's some questions that need to be answered, suffice us to say. And I think that Connor McMichael deserves his opportunity. And then ultimately, if they can't find a spot for him, maybe they should shop him so they can get some NHL-ready talent. Uh, The draft was not long ago, and uh, we know that the Capitals were kind of targeting Metve Mishkov. But as it turns out, uh, they didn't get him. They got Ryan Leonard. And I don't want to view Ryan Leonard as like a consolation prize. I think he's one heck of a player. And also... Andrew Cristal. Uh, so what were your thoughts on the draft? Were those the right picks to make, or did you think there was someone else better to draft? No, I actually like the Leonard pick. I know he's a feisty guy, you know, a lot of grit. Uh, and I think uh, the leadership skills he has, it will be very useful when you start to make that transition towards a new core, which is basically like it or not for some people who probably would like to see continuous playoffs runs 
we are basically at the cusp of committing to that transition when Oveshkin's contract is up, basically. Uh, when it comes to Mitchkov, I wasn't as sold on him as some other people, but to no fault of his own, if that makes any sense. Uh, from what I've understood, he is having three years left uh, on a deal in Russia before he could potentially come over. And uh, there might be some smarter guys out there than me that could confirm this, but I didn't find uh, anything to suggest that he had an opt-out clause or anything as such that would allow him to come over earlier. And uh, not to get political in this, because uh, that is not what hockey is about, but with the Ukraine-Russia war going on, there is really no certainty after those three years that he even might be able to come over. I mean, for all we know, he could be getting the same treatment as that Flyers prospect whose name escapes me right now, who basically was forced into military service, right? And uh, what what does the situation there look like in three years? Could he even come over at that point? Uh, that is basically politics, and that is not any circumstances which he has any power over. Leonard, for me, felt like a much safer pick right there. Yeah, and I think they, I give Brian McClellan, I give Ross Mahoney and the scouts A plus marks. I think that they, they picked the right player at the right uh, spot that was available. And uh, it's not going to help the Capitals next season, but if you can kind of look to the horizon, I think it will help the Capitals in years to come. Listen, Michael, I want to thank you for joining us on this Caps Fan Friday. And uh, I'll talk to you next time. Nice having you. All right. Thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals. And if you would like to join me on an upcoming Caps Fan Friday, hit me up on Twitter at DanCaps218 or at Locked On Caps. Or if you'd like to email me, email me at LockedOnCapitalsPod at gmail.com. Listen, are you guys a fan of other D.C. sports? Well, Locked On has got you covered. We have Locked On Nationals, Commanders, and Wizards. So no matter what major DC sport it is, Locked On has got you covered. Once again, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.